Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Kind, kind of okay. Kind of okay. So my son has gone back to nursery and I am largely still locked down. I've got nowhere to be. Work has pretty much dried up. Similarly, that's the situation for my wife. So we're in the house together pretty much the whole time without mm. my son being here to be to be the focus and I think I'm annoying the hell out of her. Oh no, what are the signs? <laughs> well, she said to me the other day, don't don't you want to go out and get some fresh air? <laughs> okay, that's a sign, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody says that unless they want you to leave now. Exactly. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Like why what what's what's so great about the air being fresh? What gets compared to stale? Yeah, I've been in the house all these weeks, just breathing in the air in the house. I've been absolutely fine. Why does the air need to be fresh? I think fresh air is overrated. Was this your argument at the time? Yes, I'm sure that was. So. I'm sure that wasn't annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like the air is the air is just fine. You you don't hear of anyone developing chronic health problems. You hear when the the air is really bad and polluted, mm. but you don't hear of them say oh yeah it's just the air wasn't quite fresh enough You've yeah been breathing yeah. a lot of been breathing a lot of air that was wasn't truly fresh unless you live underground and there's no there's no source of any kind of air like coming yeah. through i think you're probably all right yeah. yeah i can just crack a window open a little bit and that mm. that freshens up the air in the house <laughs> yeah yeah you make a good point thank you will you um ring sarah and tell her that oh i probably won't no <laughs> Uh, so when I have here's here's the thing when I have been going out for fresh air and I've I've talked to you about this um, we've been going to the local graveyard oh yeah it's come up a few times on the on the podcast I believe mm. and um, this 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 graveyard under normal circumstances pre COVID is it's a beautiful Gothic cemetery and people go there to see it to to see it because it is notable but after a certain time of day and i believe it's largely afternoons onwards it is known for being predominantly the territory of masturbators oh we're just seeing and, and people on their own 
I think a variety. I think it's where perhaps men of a certain age who aren't technologically savvy or who perhaps feel a bit of shame about their sexuality, uh, or perhaps it's it's you know the the gay culture they grew up in. Uh, it's I think think it's it's just a, 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 an accepted behaviour, right? It's, and it's one of those locations. Okay. Right. Now, since the lockdown, a lot of people have been taking their kids there for their exercise. And there have been some occasions where, you know, masturbators have been fleeing from the bushes because, you know, some kids cycled down there or whatever. And then parents are getting annoyed that their kids are in this public space and and there are people, you know, self-pleasuring. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which, and I, f- I feel like this is one of these where I can really see both sides of the argument. Okay. <laughs> Do you not feel like that? No. But if you were one of the masturbators... I, I wouldn't be. And I, and no, I but shouldn't if you were. Be. If, try okay. and I, me, me either, me either. Mm. But I'm trying not to judge here. But if you were <sighs> one of those people, wouldn't you feel like... Wouldn't you feel like this is our place? We have been here for generations. <laughs> generations. I don't think it runs in the family. I think it's generations. <laughs> I'm, I'm the eighth in line to be doing. I mean, maybe this. not literal generations, but generations of masturbators. Right. Yeah, maybe somebody started coming there as a uh, no pun intended as a young man, and <laughs> did you just mutter "Oh God" under your breath? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's 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 their domain. I'm not. I know it's perhaps not strictly legal to be self pleasuring outdoors in a public space. I think you know, perhaps that's where the argument collapses in on itself. No, it's not a perhaps. Bit. It is where it collapses. The argument. It's not legal. But do you not feel the attitude has has been for many years? Look, pe- people doing that in a p- public place not great. But if that's what they need to do. <laughs> This 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 is this is their this is their area. We'll give them a wide berth. We'll steer clear. I don't. I, are you okay? So you're saying it's well known and no one. It's a hold on a minute. It's a graveyard. Yeah, I mean, that, like in terms of erotic stimulation, that wouldn't do much for me. But again, who am I to judge? Okay. Well, all I can say is. You're being very, very open-minded, and I and I can only respect that. But then, as a parent, I don't really want my child to happen across that kind of thing. No. But then, then I can kind of feel like, well, it's on me for taking him there in the first place. Right. Okay. But what about if it? What about if you happened across it? You wouldn't feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't like it, but I'd also think. You know, I'm 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 in Rome. I'm not going to do as the Romans do on this occasion, <laughs> okay. but I'm okay, going to okay, leave okay. the Romans to do that. I'm not about to turn up in Rome and tell the Romans to stop stop doing the Roman things. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not okay. going to. Have we reached a consensus? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying I'm agreeing, but I'm I'm respecting your open mindedness.
Right, time for your communications. And do feel free to get in touch and let me know who you think is in in the right, whether it is the Johnny-come-lately uh, leisure seekers or whether it is the pleasure seekers, the onanists. Mm. Or maybe put. it's, you know, maybe, maybe. thank you. Um, anyway, let's not get, I feel we've spent enough time on that, really. Uh, so let's move on to uh, emails and, and so on from you. Annabelle. First one's from Laura. We used to rent a flat in a big old converted building, which was owned by an elderly landlord. He took great pride in gardening and maintaining the outdoor parking area, which was nice. But he also enjoyed long conversations, which meant it was sometimes difficult to enter and exit the building in a rush. He would always start these questions. He would always start these with a question about something topical in the news like Scottish independence. What do you think? was one I remember facing. Not wanting to be thought of as rude, we were always very polite, but sometimes waiting until the leaf blower and ear protectors are on was a strategy drifters hopefully won't judge us for. Anyway, that sets the scene for two stories. The first, just being meek. I arrived home one day to scaffolding being built. It didn't look like I could squeeze through to our parking space, so I parked somewhere else, but unfortunately didn't make it inside unnoticed. The landlord seemed displeased I was not parked in a designated bay and insisted I could fit round the side of the house and didn't accept my protest that I was going out again later anyway. He said he'd watch me through, so I reluctantly got back into my car and drove forward following his hand motions. It looked in my side mirror like the back wheel was going to mount some poles laid on the floor, but he was still indicating to move forward. I could have just opened the door to check for myself, but instead of showing that I doubted his judgment, I took a deep breath and accelerated anyway, and inevitably disturbed the pile of poles and created a clatter that drew several of the workmen around the side of the house. Oh, sorry, he shouted, and I reversed back around the corner and went inside to berate myself for being so pathetically unassertive. And secondly, petty revenge. When we moved in, the hallway curtains which covered our front door and glass panels either side of it were far too long and we asked for a new pair or at least for them to be swapped with another pair of curtains in the flat in a room where it would matter less that there was a pile of fabric on the floor. It never happened and, unable to take them down ourselves with the high ceilings and no stepladder, I hand-stitched a hem into these filthy curtains which effectively had been an unwashed mop for the whole floor. When we were moving out, the landlord was incredibly stingy and unreasonable about a few things. In my opinion, we had been model tenants, never asked for much, left the place looking immaculate and all that polite chat we had engaged in had been forgotten. I had also never fully forgiven him for the first day we met when he shook my boyfriend's hand and patted me on the head like a small child. I was feeling wronged. I know, I know. We had kindly allowed him inside to paint ready for the next tenants after we'd moved out, even though we were still paying the rent until the tenancy ended. So when I called in one afternoon to collect any posts, I practised my solemn face in the rear rear review mirror before I went inside, a meek substitute for any kind of confrontation. When I let myself in, there was nobody there. So when I pushed the curtains aside to collect the post, I also got out my key unpicked the hem and spread the curtains over the whole floor. When we drive past now, there are new curtains and it pleases me that the money he saved from charging us to clean some dust out of inaccessible oven vents was spent on new curtains for the new tenants. (laughs) Can can I just say by way of an explanation, 
It is mm. good petty revenge. I just want to say that there is something technically going on whereby we're recording our ends separately. So if you listen to this, you'll be able to hear Annabelle just fine. I, you, you're dropping out a lot in my ears, so I'm not getting oh. 100% of what you're saying. So if I seem oh quiet okay. or like I'm reacting weirdly, that's that's uh, that's why. It's probably the internet in our house. It's very much like the shower in that if somebody's using a tap downstairs, then the shower goes cold upstairs. Probably if Sarah's watching something online downstairs, it means I can't hear you uh, up here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, don't worry. You can always listen back to the podcast so you can hear my bits. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. And this one's from Mo. I thought I might write in to tell you about something that happened in 2005 as it haunts me to this day. This may be filed under both speaking before thinking and British slash American English problems. I grew up in the United States, but at the age of 26, I took a risk and moved to London. That was in 2002. So as you can imagine, by 2005, I should have already had a good grasp of the local London lingo. I was working in the city near Liverpool Street Station and living in Maida Vale, which was a rather expensive cab ride home on a late night out. On this particular day, I had rather unfortunately had my debit card compromised while using an ATM, so I'd spent my lunch hour at the local police station filing a report and making the necessary calls to block my card. Later that day, I met my boyfriend and a few others for drinks after work. As was usually the case on a Thursday night, we had quite a bit to drink. And as it rounded close to 3am, I decided it best to be on my way home. At the time, I didn't live with my boyfriend and he wanted to stay out, so I hopped into a cab by myself. A few minutes into the ride, I realised I did not have enough cash for the ride. And knowing that I'd blocked my debit card early in the day, I asked if perhaps he could take a credit card. He gruffly said, no love, get out, and promptly dumped me on the next corner. Now, remember that this is around 3am on a Thursday and I'm now in a strange neighbourhood I do not know in my suit and heels. I tried calling my boyfriend, but he didn't pick up. After walking a few blocks in the direction I thought I should have been heading, I spotted a police car down a side street with two officers standing outside. In my hazy beer mind, it seemed like it would be a good idea to ask the police if they had a number for a cab company that would take credit cards. Brilliant. Well done. So I click clocked over in my heels and attempted to explain my predicament. As I'm speaking, the two police officers, one male and one female, began to approach me with sceptical looks on their faces. They asked where I'd been earlier and who I'd been with. I explained that I'd been with my boyfriend, but he's not answering his phone now. At this point, the female officer asked, did you have a domestic? Now, remember that I am from the United States and having had quite a few drinks, I was relying on gut instinct, which basically put me back in my American mind. I realised the second my response came out of my mouth that I had just said the most ridiculous thing, but there was no taking it back. To the question, have you had a domestic? I answered rather proudly, no, I cleaned the flat myself. The two officers looked at each other, perplexed, and then, stifling smiles, told me to get in the car. In my excitement, I thought, maybe I'm close enough that they will just drive me home. No, they drove me to the police station and made me wait there until one of my flatmates came to pick me up. It took many phone calls to wake her up at 4am and get her to come and collect me, and also pay for both cab rides there and back. She was very unhappy with me. The following year, I moved close to that police station and had to walk by it every day on my way to and from work. For three years, I stared at my feet whenever walking past. The shame. 
Send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle, uh, let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. The easing of lockdown weeks slash months slash years. So am I going to be talking about a walk or a trip to the supermarket? Oh, I'm going to go walk this week. You're only right. Yes. Although I have to say that I did try and use that scan and go app at the supermarket again today. And once again, I got to the checkout and I was down to 1% and it was one of the most stressful moments of my life because I thought it was my battery was going to die again. And I, I just made it before it died. It was quite thrilling. How did you how, how did you put yourself through that after the last time? How did because you I, not just the, think I went if, in if there. that was me, I would never go to the supermarket with less than 97%. <laughs> I, I was on 100% when I walked in there. That's how bad my wow. phone is. It was te- it was terrible. Wow. I, I won't risk it again. Don't worry. Um, so, yes, it's about a walk. So it was on Sunday morning and I was under strict instruction to take my son out of the flat on a walk for as long as possible as Tom had some work to do. I honestly think it would be easier to get any work done if Keith Moon and Oliver Reed were having a big session in the flat than if our two-year-old was there. (laughs) He's at an age where everything is a battle. So I was already feeling quite defeated and worn out by having to get him dressed, change a nappy, put shoes on and get him out the front door. So when we were leaving and he picked up a broom that was in the front garden and absolutely insisted that we take it with us, I just couldn't be bothered to argue, even though I've been told to go out for at least two hours, which means two hours of going out with a very errant toddler and a broom. And I'm going to describe the broom to you because it's quite central in what follows. It's sturdy and wooden with stiff brittles, bristles, bristles. I can't say the word bristles. That's it, bristles. And a long handle that comes up to about my shoulder. It's basically an outdoor broom. But at this stage, right. I'd just rather take it out with me than have another battle. And it's actually, <laughs> as it turns out, not too annoying. Like at first, I can get my son to go in the direction I want him to as he's keen on doing sweeping. And then when he gets bored of that and wants to examine every leaf, piece of litter, every splat of bird poo, I've got something to lean on. So it's, it's, honestly, it's actually not too bad. <laughs> It's only when it comes to going home that it becomes a bit of a burden because we've had such a long exile. My son is tired on the way back and wants to be carried, which means I've got to carry him and this broom. But after a bit of trial and error, I find a way to do it. So I'm carrying my son on my hip and where my hands are clasped around his waist, I also clasp the broom so it's horizontal across us. So from behind, I look like maybe I've been impaled through my waist and there's a bit stuck out of each of my sides. And as I'm walking, I notice a few glances, which I'm keen to interpret as admiration for my carrying skills. But I realise quickly it's not that. And I start worrying they think I'm a mug for carrying a toddler and a broom. And I think they're judging my parenting, which is my number one concern in life. (laughs) And I spend so much time worrying about that that it takes me a stupidly long time to realise what's actually going on. Because this is a long broom that I'm carrying horizontally. And it means people (laughs) can't come close to us. They have to go around us by quite some distance. So it looks like I'm trying to enforce social distancing with a wooden barrier, which (laughs) is just terrible. Because when it comes to social distancing, we've already agreed it's amazing looking like the great person who stands back to let others through. But you cannot be the person who's being too over the top, especially not by using what's essentially a big, long wooden pole. It looks a bit like my child is more precious than you, which, you you know, you just can't do. 
I wasn't ditching that broom though. I'd lasted two hours with it. So I had to drag it along behind me with great difficulty. But still, the streets of Snaresbrook were very clean on Sunday. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a question for you. Yes. How far does your radius of knowing the neighbours go? How many doors down? That's a good question. Um, I think only two each way. Yeah, two down each way. So you know them by name two each way? Yeah, yeah. On very friendly terms, known by name. Yeah, two each way, yeah. So, so that's better than us because I think we know the people uh, immediately either side of us, and then I, I know the people beyond them to to say hello to, but I, I I sort of struggle with their names. People to the right, I've got no idea what the names are. The people to the left, I wouldn't know. The the wife if I fell over her, and the <laughs> husband I've I I always say hello to. I know we have, you know, at some point introduced. Uh, ourselves to each other but i can't remember his name at all um but i bumped into him with eugene in the in the street the other day and we were chatting about the lockdown and whatever else you you chat about these days when you bump into somebody and then eugene started going daddy what's his name what's his name daddy what's his name no 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 this is too awful please tell me he replied for you no, I just pretended like I couldn't hear him. And I kept saying, Daddy, uh, I kept saying, not when grown-ups are talking, I've told you, just wait patiently and say, excuse me if you want to say something. So I kept talking to him, uh, I, you know, and pretended like Gene wasn't saying that. And then Gene started saying some other weird stuff. Did you he say, thinking, Gene, children should be seen and not heard? <laughs> I mean, I might as well have done. Gene then started saying to this guy, leave my daddy alone, leave my daddy no, alone. No, no, straight, so sort of stranger ing- danger. <laughs> Yeah, I ignored that as well. And and all the time I'm talking to him after Gene has been saying that, I, I think I, what I need to do now is retrieve his name from my brain right. to say, good, as we say, goodbye. And, you know, he's French. So I, I, I know it's a French name and I know it's like a, a very, a, a, what the memory I've got is it's a very, very sort of popular French man's name and then just as i'm about to say goodbye it comes to me i say all right well let's go now say goodbye to philippe eugene and eugene goes bye philippe and we're off down the street and i just think oh thank god for that thank god that i um that i remembered his name that's heroic that last minute memory it's amazing the next day literally the next day yeah a letter was misdelivered yeah. To our house. Yeah. Oh. That was for him. Yeah. 
His name's Pierre. 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 <laughs> I was so close. Oh my god! So I just know that the next time I I see him in the street, I'm going to use the word Pierre in the the name that name about five hundred times in the conversation just hi, to Pierre. overcompensate. Hi, hi. Yeah, of course. Yeah, overcompensate. <laughs> Um, what else? Uh, I was going to thank you for the recommendation of Jiri Hadji, which I think oh, you yes. told us about on the podcast a while ago. I don't think I did, no, just, uh, but it's very good. Do you want to tell people what it is if they haven't seen it? It's on Netflix now. Are you are you joking? I watched it about six months ago as if I've got any memory of it at all. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's it's sort of a, a detective thriller. It's, set in it's Japan set and in London. London. What? Yeah. Yeah, London and Tokyo, and I thought that that um, I liked that combination. And I watched the first episode last week uh, when we were due to record the podcast, and then ended up not doing. I was going to talk about it then. I couldn't quite get into it. I subsequently, you know, broke on through to the other side, and I've loved it. And I'm going to watch the the final episode of that tonight. Uh, final episode has got a done. bit of a weird bit in it, just to warn you. But oh, okay. I just just warning you now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's the sort of weird bit I like or dislike? I think I think you'll be split. You'll be like, is this good? I don't know. This is good. I don't know. This is good. Because I think we have similar tastes a lot of the time and mm. then, then there are other times. Like I really like at the end of Greece where the car starts <laughs> flying and you really hate that. I hate that bit. It's very unrealistic. Yeah, it's very, it is unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, you must loathe Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and I've got some news. Oh, go on. So my wife has been in the worst mood all day today Yeah. because the fire alarm, the smoke detector, started beeping to have its battery changed at five o'clock this morning. Oh, that's the worst. Oh. And she couldn't sleep through it, so she oh. came in and she made me get out of bed. And we, went, I went downstairs and got the step ladders. And then I, I watched a YouTube video on how to get it open, and it wouldn't open. This is terrible. So this thing has been beeping all day. No, but I managed to, yeah. But I managed to get hold of uh, the, the, um, this handyman, Chris, who's just great. And you know, we checked whether he's working at the moment and going to people's houses, and and he is. So he came over and he f- fixed these smoke detectors. I mean, what he must think of me? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> It isn't something that a normal. It's it's almost on a par with getting someone around to change a light bulb. <laughs> but I just couldn't get the I couldn't get the front off the thing. It just wouldn't come off. Anyway, um, while he was here, guess what he did for me? Oh, hold on! Did he do the cutlery draw? Yes, you're joking. So my cutlery door has been jammed shut since the start of lockdown, and it. We finally got it open today. How did he it's do It's more it? of a utensils drawer, actually, than a cutlery drawer. Like, you haven't been eating so with your hands was interesting. for 12 weeks. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember me um, saying that I'd, I'd got a camera around the back and made a little, been able to film the inside of the drawer from yeah. behind? Yeah, yeah. And what had happened is a, a knife was wedged uh, on a diagonal. Yes. On a, from, from top to bottom. And that, that had, had, was, was basically wedging the door the drawer shut so he managed to 
get underneath the drawers and this knife had was so it was so deeply embedded it was slightly sticking through the bottom of the drawer and he oh, managed wow. to give it a bit whacked i mean the knife is kaput but uh, he did it. It was, and then when we opened the drawer and he got this knife out, honestly, it was like watching somebody. It was like watching King Arthur get Excalibur out of the stone. <laughs> it was really quite something. It was. It was amazing. Oh, so, so that's that's my 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 scintilla of good news. It's excellent news. It's cheered everyone up. I'm sure. Okay, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Um, Annabelle, who is the first one from? Well, we're going to start by going back to one of the ones from a couple of weeks ago about, do you remember um, when you're a jogger and how to overtake without looking like an awful person? Yes. Um, because of social distancing. And actually, this happened to me. Well, not, I wasn't jogging, obviously, but um, I was walking along and a jogger came from behind and they said, excuse me, but... I felt that they did it too loudly. I felt I d- it didn't feel right. I felt like, oh, don't, don't, ooh, I didn't like it. Right. But, um, I, so I've got some, a couple of people have emailed in with some, gest- some suggestions on how to do it politely. The first one is Stephen. He says, um, I was carrying my house keys in my hand when jogging, originally just because my pocket had a hole. But I've since realized it's also a non-aggressive way to ensure people ahead of me clock me running up behind them. Oh. And then they go into single file for a second for me to pass potential solution maybe yeah or wear, wear a little wear a little bell wear a bell around your neck it's like wearing it's like a cat yes, wearing a bell yes. <laughs> yeah yeah it's that is that all the keys um and then mj says the suggestion of throwing a rock ahead of them to alert them to your presence was raised but i have a much more simple idea oh this is the bell one yeah the ravener simply needs to carry a small bell yeah. similar to that of a bicycle so there you go brilliant like it's like a dog on a run yeah yeah yeah. i think i love the bell idea okay so we've actually now finally solved that one so that's good so let's move on to this one from rachel what is the etiquette please regarding playing music for the enjoyment of neighbors i've been working from home holed up in my city center flat for the last 927 weeks the streets silent other than the squawking of starved seagulls on the hump for a three-month-old abandoned mcdonald's chip and the occasional boy racer revving through town in his grand's old honda one of my neighbors has recently taken to opening their window at 9 a.m and letting their choice of music play fairly loudly well into the evening so far we have been treated to various genres including full days of radio one 50 swing and johnny cash the final straw came last week when they orally violated the air with jazz in a fit of rage i put a speaker up up and to my front window and played lonely goat herd from the sound of music <laughs> full packed. if anyone unfamiliar with the song it's very umpapa and has yodeling the fir- the perfect retaliation song Giving it my best Julie Andrews enthusiasm, I sang along, focusing more on volume than melodic accuracy. I may also have screeched some expletive-laden abuse when the song ended. Have you picked up that I'm not your typical shy drifter? <laughs> my outburst seemed to do the trick, and silence resumed for the rest of the day. Hooray! However, the following day, it was business as usual, this time with opera. Therefore, my quandary to you and the other listener is what <laughs> is what should one do in this situation do i try to ignore it while seething with boiling rage 
Do I buy noise-cancelling headphones and sit in my flat wearing them like a weirdo? Or do I play the long game? E.g. find out who they are, befriend their parents after lockdown, break up their parents' marriage by sleeping with the father, (laughs) marry him and have the offender written out of his will. My advice is much appreciated during these tetchy times. Kind regards and happy new year. I haven't seen you yet. (laughs) Okay, so that's from Rachel. What do you think? How do you deal with that? I mean, Rachel, firstly, doesn't seem like she's short of solutions. No, I mean, there are many options yeah, here. Really, I'm not sure any of them are quite right. Um, I really liked the, uh, I mean, the, the sound of music. I mean, the, the both mm. literal and... The, the lonely goat herd. Yeah, the lonely goat herd. Uh, seemed to do the trick. So I, I was, I think I've, I can't remember if I've told you this story, but I was staying in the Premier Inn in Salford a while ago and somebody next to me, in the room next to me, in the next room, not in the room next to me. I was on my own. Um, was playing some kind of musical motif on a synthesizer over and over and over again. I don't know if they were a composer or trying to learn a piece or whatever, but it it, it was like water torture. It just was just, you know, the same 10-second bit of music over and over and over again, and it was driving me nuts. And what I did was I found, because I didn't, you know, all I had with me was my laptop, but I found like a play the synthesizer online program that you could play using the keyboards of your laptop. And I started joining in with it. (laughs) And do you know what? They they stopped not long afterwards. See... This is this is this is kind of what's done with the lonely goat herd. You, yes. you show them what it's like for you, yeah, and then they they're like, oh, I mean, it's very passive aggressive. Yeah, but you could get some real mashups going. You know, they're playing the opera music. You're playing a bit of R and B underneath it. I really like the eclecticism, eclecticism of. It was strange to me that they had Radio One on at first when they went so genre specific. After that, mm, I know. But, uh, it's a real mix. I mean, you, yeah. could, you could just, is it, this is very daring of me to say so, you could just mention it to them that it's a bit loud. Is this... How would you do that, Annabelle? How would you, like, <laughs> if, if, if it's somebody the other side of the wall, mm. you can bang with a broom on the, um, I mean, I know you probably haven't got a broom indoors, you have to <laughs> use your street broom. But um, No, of course, if what, what you do is you buy a newspaper, you cut out the letters, you stick them in the order that says <laughs> your music's too loud and you slip it under the door, wearing gloves, of course. <laughs> That's the way. That's what. That's what I meant by saying. Could you ask them to turn it down? Right, or get some noise cancelling headphones. Yeah, maybe just that. Okay, let's go on to the yeah. next one. This is from Anon. I'm writing to you with some for advice, and I can't think of anyone better to give advice from. I moved jobs about six months ago from London to Birmingham. And since moving, I've been getting on well with colleagues, having banter about the differences between being a Cockney, which I'm not, and a Brummie, which I'm also not. During this time, I've gotten quite close to a female colleague who loves food as much as I do. And during breaks, we often go out and get food together or for the others in the office and have suggestions on what to get to eat. So the other day she was speaking to another colleague in the office about that Starbucks was reopening after being closed due to the world pandemic. So I decided to speak up and say that I wouldn't mind a coffee or a hot chocolate or something. So she took my order and off she went. 
When she came back, she gave me my drink, hot chocolate with cream, and asked if I wanted the rest of her frappuccino. She didn't really like it. I didn't want any of it as I don't like cold coffee, but being a drifter, I of course said, yes. So she handed it to me and and I put it on my desk and then proceeded to take my straw out. At this point, she said, you can drink from the straw if you want. It'll be like kissing me. I had no idea what to say. I sat there red faced and said, (laughs) it's fine. I have my own straw. (laughs) Then she said, what, don't you want to kiss me? In my head, I was thinking, of course I want to kiss you. I could think of nothing else that I would want to do but kiss you. But considering we were in an office of about five people, I could feel my face going brighter red and just said, I have my own straw. Since then, I've hardly seen her in the office. (laughs) Help! What do I do? Do I apply the port protocol? Any advice is much appreciated. I mean... I'm not sure how much I can help with this. I'm sorry. This is very... So basically, he does want to kiss her. Yeah, he wants to kiss her. But, yeah. but it's all. this is all very this, awkward. I mean, I'm, and she's being very forward. Dire. I think, does he I mean, really I want to kiss someone so forward? Back. You, should, you, should, you should never have moved there in the first place and you need to move back. Move back. Can you think of any other alternatives other than moving, changing jobs? No, I mean back? the port. No, the port protocol seems, <laughs> you know, seems like the one to go with. But yeah. because I feel it's one of these things, it would have just been a probably a joke she made in passing and forgot she ever said it. Oh. And if you tried to bring it up again, oh, that would be far weirder. Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe you're gonna have to wait until. Things are back to the new normal. And then maybe if people are going for a drink or something, you know, if you can bring it up then, but you can't bring it up in the office. No, you're right. She was just, she might have just Oh, you could go to Starbucks. You could go to, uh, here you go. You could go to Starbucks, bring her that, whatever her her favourite drink is, a Frappuccino. Yeah. And bring her a straw and say, look, I got you a straw. And then rip off the uh, paper sheath (laughs) of the straw with your teeth. I've never heard anything more loving and erotic at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yep. That's the answer, isn't it? (laughs) I think you should get into the office before she does every day and just leave a straw. On her desk. Oh, no, that's, you're, this is creepy. It's totally creepy. I think port protocol, move on. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, good, that's that dealt with them. that's our podcast thank you for listening i feel like it's been a slightly weird episode this week we've had all these technical issues which hopefully uh, you'll be oblivious to your end but we couldn't really hear each other very well also i've been in a really grumpy mood today i've sat here with a furrowed brow throughout annabelle oh jeff i hate thinking which yeah yeah but you know it's it's nice because we've got the social distancing and you can't see me at least you haven't had to see my furrowed brow Unlike no, you know, certain many month long periods of doing the radio show, so you know that's mm-hmm. that's nice for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music, to Emily Harrison for the incidental music, Carla Cowlett took photos, Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And if you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or a story of social ineptitude sent to us, then please do so. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay, podication time. This comes from Sarah, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I love hearing everyone's stories of social ineptitude, reminding me I'm not alone. I want to dedicate a podication to my wonderful mum, Catherine. It's her 50th birthday on the 3rd of June, and instead of getting to celebrate with all her family and friends, she'll be, like so many of us, stuck at home. My husband, Andy, and I had our first child, a little boy called Christopher, just after the lockdown started. This means my mum and the rest of our families haven't been able to meet him yet. Oh, oh, it's it's heartbreaking. The stories yeah. like that are heartbreaking. Uh, he's my mum's first grandchild and oh. to not be able to give him a cuddle has been so hard for us all. We live in a different city to the rest of our family, so we haven't even been able to hold him up at the window for a socially distant introduction. On top of this, she's a key worker, so still going out to work every day, putting herself at risk and is having to isolate separately from my stepdad. Uh, not oh, a super no. fun time. Yeah, it's rotten. I mean, incredible when you hear of the, the the things people are doing just to keep the rest of us going. It's it's humbling. Yeah. So we salute you uh, for for that, Catherine. Um, anyway, Sarah continues. Despite this, she stays positive, helping whoever she can, and keeping perspective on why it's so important that we're all doing this. I had hoped by the time mum's birthday came round, things would be starting to get back to normal and we could celebrate together, but it seems this is going on for a lot longer than any of us expected. Uh, my mum and I always listen to you on the radio and uh, both loved your book, Annabelle. Oh, thank you. And as mum can't meet her little grandson for her birthday, I thought the next best thing, the very next best thing would be a happy birthday from the two of you. She'll absolutely love it. My mum is the most selfless caring loving person in the world and anyone who knows her would say the same she makes such an effort to make the occasion special for other people and to not be able to do this back for her this year is just rubbish i hope she knows how much we all love her and how great our celebrations will be once it's allowed i've heard that 51 is the new 50 anyway love you loads mum from sarah andy christopher and the rest of your family who think you're just the best i think we do too i do definitely yeah, um, that must have been so rough for you, Catherine. And, you know, I, I don't know which particular area you're working in, which bit of essential work you've been doing, but thank you. And uh, I hope I hope you get to meet Christopher soon. I know you will, and you'll you'll more than make up for it with hugs and kisses. So, uh, so that's that one. And then this one comes from, um, is it Brianna? Yeah. This one? Yeah. Uh, Brianna in uh, Calgary, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Could you please wish my friend Jolaine a happy birthday sometime around her actual birthday on the 11th of June? We both make costumes for a living and work together on a show back in March 2019, and she got me hooked on your show. That's lovely. That's great to great to hear. Thank you, Aww. Jolaine. We we uh, we appreciate that. 
Uh, she's a really lovely person and so much fun to work with. And I know that by uh, get about that. Sorry, I know that getting birthday wishes from the two of you will be a real treat. Thank you so much, says Brianna in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. That's somewhere I'd love to go. Me starting too. To, starting to get a bit of wanderlust. I mean, I know that mm. no, you know, it's highly unlikely we'll be going anywhere. But mm. yeah, I started thinking, oh, there's somewhere I'd like to say, uh, somewhere I'd like to see, and. Um, Canada, bits of Cal- Canada, definitely on that list. Love to see Calgary. So there we go. Uh, that is from uh, Brianna for Joe Lane. Happy birthday. And also uh, from Sarah, Andy, Christopher and all the family to Catherine. Those are the podications. Happy birthday to both of those. And if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at driftpodcast.com. Okay, pressing stop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.